The EC Podcast exists to equip believers to make disciples and love others for the glory of Jesus Christ. Payne and welcome to episode four, Whatsoever You Do, with a focus today on the Lordship of Christ in all things. With me today is Pastor Aaron Case, Pastor Jonathan Mitchell, and Pastor Gary Singleton. Welcome, gentlemen. Good to be here. Glad to have you guys back again for this now our fourth episode. And what you don't know is this is actually our second try at this here fourth episode. (laughs) You will hear one day the demonic sound yes that happened it was yeah. straight from star wars or or hell or hell i don't know one of the two be, yeah we're working on they're one in the same i'm just i'm sorry that's aaron's about to come over the I'm table sorry. <laughs> I know, I know, i'm sorry has, has one of the hosts ever fought the actual host before i don't know the, yeah no, that's episode no. six <laughs> when we run out of material yeah. well i'm glad you guys are here today even if i won't be back next week but uh Let's start this thing off, and somebody just kind of throw out there in a sentence or two, what does this phrase mean, the lordship of Christ in all things? It's just the supremacy of Jesus Christ and everything. Like He is Lord. He is the authority. He's the one above all else. When you look to go to the top, you look no further than Jesus Christ. Amen. That's yeah. good. All right. Well, then let's get started. Um, with an easy question here, or maybe not an easy question, what gives Christ that authority? I would say first and foremost, foundationally, it's who Jesus is that gives him authority. And so a lot of times we can tend to focus on Jesus being fully man, and that's a true statement. But what we sometimes can tend to forget is Jesus is also fully God. And we see that John 1, something we brought up before, that in the beginning was the Word, the Word being Christ. The Word was with God. The Word was God. And it goes on to say in verse 3 that all things that have been made have been made through Christ. So he's the creator of all things. We know that he's the sustainer of all things. And so if, if Jesus is the creator and sustainer, then I think he has the say of how things go. And he's the commander of it all. He's in control of it all. He's sovereign over it all. Hebrews 1, he upholds the universe by the word of his power. He is in complete control. And you even have that objection, I think, that you've seen before, uh, that Jesus was a good teacher, a good person, um, certainly worthy enough to for his teachings to be at least listened to, but he never claimed he was God. Well, John 8 kind of shuts the door there when he's talking to the Pharisees and he says, before Abraham was, I am, which is the, he's claiming the divine name, which, so if you're not God, that is a blasphemous statement. And so by, by Jesus saying, I am God and Jesus being God, just at the very foundation of it all, that's what gives him the authority. He's, he's God. Yeah. Amen. Yeah. 
uh, Jesus said, said he and the Father were one as well in John 10, yeah. uh, verse 30. He said, I and the Father are one. And um, what I would add is we need, we need to know who Jesus is. He is the King of kings and Lord of lords. He, uh, we must believe Jesus is who he says he is. He is the Son of the Almighty God. All things were made, as Johnny said in John 1, 3, all things were made through him, and without him was not anything made that was made. Jesus is through all, in all, and over all. Jesus is God. And to know Jesus as Lord um, is the beginning. Like uh, Knowing who Jesus is brings one to repentance, uh, which is the first step we take in knowing and trusting in our Lord Jesus Christ for our salvation and that he is Lord of all. And because of his authority, we've been literally commissioned. You know, we look at the words of Jesus in Matthew 28 as what's, you know, in what's known as the Great Commission, where Jesus came and said to them, all authority in heaven and earth has been given to me. Go therefore, some of your uh, virgins probably say, therefore go and make disciples baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I've commanded you. And behold, I'm with you always and even to the end of the age. So go therefore, why? Because all authority in heaven and earth has been given to him. He owns it. He purchased it as soon as he rose from the grave. He made open shame all of those who were against him, all the rulers, the principalities, the powers of darkness. Jesus put them to open shame when he rose to the grave. So from the grave and so when he purchased that that gives him the right to call others into truth of who he is and to call them and to lead them into um, following him and his lordship because he's purchased that right with his own blood yeah and something that, that i've heard you guys say uh, if jesus is not lord of all he's not lord at all yeah. And, and if we look in the scripture, you just read it, Aaron. Uh, he has the authority. It's right there. There's no contesting that. We read that when we look in Matthew. Yeah, that's good. I think I could maybe sum up some of what we've said. Is So Jesus is sovereign, so in, in control over creation. Uh, we see this, obviously, in how he created, if all things were created through him. I think of uh, several times in his earthly ministry, earthly life, when you know, he's out in the boat with the disciples, the wind and waves are crazy and he commands it to stop. First of all, he's taking a nap during all that. Like you either have to be pretty crazy or in control of the situation to right. take a nap during that time. And he's, he's taking a nap, wakes up, quiets the wind and the waves. And that frightens the disciples, right? They, they go, who is this man that even the wind and the waves of him? So he's sovereign over creation. And then as Aaron and, and G both said, he's sovereign over the hearts of men and women in salvation. Uh, no one comes to the Father unless Jesus draws them. And so he's sovereign over all things. He's in control. When we say that he's the Lord, there, there's there's not this like, you know, he's over 95%, but then 5%, that's where we, you know, no, he's sovereign over all of it. Yeah, and, it, and it's easy for humans, we do this all the time, we compartmentalize areas of our life instead of allowing Christ to have that lordship over all of our lives because 
either A, we think we've got control of it, or B, we don't want, there's a, there's shame or embarrassment and don't want to think we're allowing God to have lordship over that area. Um, and we, car- we compartmentalize, and uh, the fact of the matter is he's lord over all, regardless of whether we think we've got control of it or not. Yeah, I mean, it goes into the big joke. You know, our <laughs> sign has said the same thing for probably three years. And honestly, that's that's purposeful in a lot of ways because we do believe 1 Corinthians 10.31 is why, how we should live our lives. So whether you eat or drink or whatever you do, you do it all for the glory of God. Well, if Jesus Christ is worthy, if he is Lord, if he is king, then he is worthy of all of us. It doesn't matter what we're doing, but we should reverence him in it. So... If he's Lord of all in every area, then we must submit to him because he is the one who's king. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Amen. And that, what I would say is um, understanding, beginning to understand and understanding in your heart that Jesus, the work of Jesus Christ on, on the cross um, leads one to repentance, which in turn leads one to submission under his authority. And we bow to him because we know he is Lord of all. You know, it's interesting. I wrote this down that all other lords, kings, rulers, they they need their constituents. Uh, but that's not the case here. Jesus is Lord. Um, he doesn't need us to have his power. He already has his power. And again, we, we see that several times throughout Scripture. Yeah, and such a good point. Something that we say here often is, it doesn't affect Jesus' lordship what you and I say about him, whether we say he's Lord or not. But everything about our lives, our eternity, uh, hinges on the, the truth of do we say Jesus is Lord or not. Uh, we can't affect who Jesus is, but submitting to his lordship certainly does change who we are. I think about Philippians 2, just the whole passage 1 through 11, just phenomenal but there at the end, because of who Jesus is and because of what he's done, it says, therefore, God has highly exalted him and bestowed on him the name that is above every name. So at the name of Jesus, every knee will bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth. Every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God, the father. So every single knee will bow in heaven, earth, under the earth. Every tongue will confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. And we pray that that would be this side of eternity and we, we pray that people would see who Jesus is and, and surrender to him, submit to his lordship. Or we know that coming one day, whether they did it here or not, they will confess that Jesus is Lord. It just will be to an eternity um, that will not be um, enjoyable. I'll bow now trembling in worship or bow then trembling out of fear of judgment. Yeah. Our, our submission to his lordship, just as you said, says everything about us, changes nothing about him. So whenever we're counseling people, I know you guys have, have all dealt with this. Whenever people are uncomfortable with some of the scriptures, teachings or, you know, something that's come up as far as a difficult doctrine, we always see what their authority is, right? They reveal that. They reveal what they will submit to. And if we aren't willing to be uh, submissive to our king, then he's truly not our king. Amen. I think one of the biggest problems in, in this area, especially as we teach it 
as a church is for a long time, once again, you, I, I tend to say this a lot, well-intended things with not a great foundation, but Jesus for many, many years, especially in um, the American church has been presented as this little measly savior, you know, who's just begging for you to come to him. And if you would just, if He's you would just complete without you. Right? Yeah. Right. Right. Um, and, and, you know, you, you make the choice, uh, and you, you come to Jesus and you, if you'll just accept him, if you'll just accept him, then you, you can go to heaven. You'll never have to worry about hell. That's not the Jesus of the Bible. Uh, Jesus is Lord of all creation who we bow to. We, as David Platt says, we don't need his, or he doesn't need our acceptance. We need his, and he's not a puny little savior. He's, he's a Lord of all that, that deserves our adoration, praise, our surrender. And I think of what, what it says in, in Romans that anyone who calls upon the name of the Lord will be saved. We use that verse a lot when we present the gospel and we try to make it as easy as it possibly can be. But that's a pretty huge statement. Uh, we're not saying anyone who calls upon Jesus just to save them from their sins. You know, we're calling upon him as Savior and Lord. He, he is who he is. We bow to him. We surrender to him. Our lives sur- submitted to his authority and lordship. Um, and, and we do what he says. We become, as Paul did, his literally slave uh, to do whatever he calls us to do, go wherever he calls us to go. Uh, we are surrendered to him. For me, uh, the passage in the Bible that uh, speaks about the lordship of God um, is in Ephesians 1, uh, starting in verse 18. Having the eyes of your hearts enlightened, that you may know what is the hope to which he has called you. What are the riches of his glorious inheritance in the saints? And what is the immeasurable greatness of his power toward us who believe? According to the working of his great might, that he worked in Christ when he raised him from the dead and seated him at his right hand in heavenly places, far above all rule and authority and power and dominion and above every name that is named, not only in this age, but also in the one to come. And he put all things under his feet and gave him his head over all things to the church. Whenever I think of the lordship of God, I think of not only is he ruler of uh, this world, he's ruler of heavens, all the heavens. He's ruler over all the universe. He is ruler of all. He is Lord of all and worthy of our worship, all of it. And to know this, uh, like I said earlier, leads one to submission under his authority. Yeah, he's not a weak beggar. He's a mighty savior. And as as you both said, I mean, you wrapped it up so well. He is Lord. He is king. He is seated at the right hand of the Father, the right hand, the seat of power, because he has finished his work and he's accomplished what he set out to do. Jesus Christ is Lord. That's so good. Amen. I mean, his lordship is extending all over our lives, not not just where we want it. Yeah. And so uh, we should be proclaiming his lordship in not only in the places where we th- we deem him fit, but also in other places. And, and that can be in, you know, our jobs or in 
politics or in wherever you come up with that doesn't necessarily directly revolve around you showing up on Sunday to a building. And, and we need to get out of that area where we're just like, okay, I'm here and I'm going to check my boxes because I think a lot of times that's what um, traditionally that is how uh, we see Christ and his lordship is if you can hit these boxes, um, he, he is the Lord over those boxes. And as long as you've got those boxes checked each week, then you're, you're doing good. Well, it seems like for, for me, the way that we raise up good little hypocrites is we keep Jesus at church yeah. and then we live like hell at home, yeah. right? Like our kids see that, mm-hmm. our wives see that. If we're one person here when the mics turn on, but we're totally different at the house, we're going to raise little heathens because they see through it because they see, well, Jesus is worth putting on a face for a couple hours a week, but he's not worthy of being Lord in every area right. of life. And I think this kind of goes to show once again, the hypocrisy is so I will say that I trust Jesus with the greatest miracle that's ever been performed, which is saving me from sin, death and hell. But then I can't trust him in my relationship and my job. I can't trust him with my politics. I can't trust him with my sexual identity, my uh, sexual purity. I can't, I can't trust him with any of that, but yeah, sure. He can save me from sin, death and hell. That's the greatest miracle that's ever happened. If he can transform me from death to life, he can certainly uh, give me the strength and grace to obey and do what he's called me to do in every avenue of life. And we, we need to understand that when when Christ gives his commands, as First John says, his commandments are not burdensome. Amen. It should be a yeah. joy to obey right. Christ yeah. in every in every facet of life. Yeah. Amen. Well, yeah, we see that we see that true. But I think what everyone struggles with is when they have a feeling of something. You know, this is why you've got to get the lordship down. When they have a feeling that trumps whatever God has said, right? Well, well, I have this attraction towards this person. Well, that's sinful. Scripture denounces that. Yeah, but I feel it and God would want me to be happy. Is the highest good what you lust for or what brings Christ glory? Yeah. Is he Lord or not? Right? And we can go down through every area and every facet of our lives. But truly, we find when our heart comes up in contact with what he has spoken, we find out quickly who we say is Lord. Even though it changes nothing, yeah. we find out what our authority or who our authority truly comes from. I think sometimes, and I'm guilty of it myself, is uh, we kind of put Jesus in a box and we just take him out whenever we need him when and when i began to understand jesus is not just lord of some areas of my life god is uh, lord over all of my life everything that i do my time uh, everything that that i uh, that i say that i'm going to do lord willing i will do that uh, lord god is lord over all aspects all areas of our life all the time don't get us wrong here. This this takes some humility and this takes some repentance Absolutely. and pushing aside of pride in order to get to that point. Am I right? Yeah, that's what I was going to actually say leading into that is the problem of understanding the authority of Christ. It, we're going all the way. We've had the same problem since the garden. Right. Mm-hmm. Is we believe the lie that my happiness comes from uh, fulfilling my 
selfish desires instead of denying my selfish desires. He doesn't want you to eat because you'll be just like him. Right. Right. It's, it's a jealousy, a sinful jealousy. Exactly. And, and this is the, the problem that we're still fighting today is okay. It's not that God doesn't want you to be happy. I, I believe in scripture will point to God certainly wants you to be happy. He just wants you to be happy in something that won't lead to your death. And he wants you. So if, if my happiness is found in what can satisfy me like selfishly, then yeah, I'm going to take the fruit and eat, or I'm going to, I'm going to look at that image or I'm going to do this. That's going to directly contradict uh, being holy before God. But if, if I understand that Jesus came to give life and life abundantly, then I'll understand that happiness can be found in something that's going to last for 10 billion years and then it'll just be starting. And so we want people to understand the Lordship of Christ is not preventing you from something that would, would, would cause you to be more happy. It's keeping you and, and holding you and giving you life. And so just like I would give my child certain restrictions. Hey, bud, don't play in traffic today. You know, it's not because, you know, yeah, but even, I want to. Yeah. Even if, even <laughs> if my, my little dude was like, but, but dad, I really want to, I wouldn't go, well, you know what? Your, your happiness is my <laughs> highest is, is the highest thing that needs to happen. So I wouldn't let him go. No, I'd say that will not prolong you. <laughs> you will surely die. And so, in uh, me keeping him away from those things, it's actually going to make him more happy. And so think about that when we think about the Lordship of Christ is his commands, once again, are not burdensome to us. They're actually life-giving, not life-taking. And, and how many times story after story and testimony after testimony could we hear of people who said, I gave that, I finally released that um, over, I, I lost my pride I gave it over to Christ and realized his lordship over that how many testimonies do we have that said uh, I want to go back I, I bet none right right and, and it would be the direct opposite it would be that that has been um, the best thing and we, and we could all probably sit here and tell stories about when we let loose of some part of our life and and let Christ be the lord of that area as well that our lives changed and and we saw the blessings that came from it yeah, well, I mean, it, it starts in the home, right? It starts in the home, Jesus's lordship and all things. Testifying of that, not us trying to usurp that authority and become sort of some sort of idol for our family to worship, but being a picture of what repentance and love means through the gospel that we've experienced ourselves. Loving our family sacrificially as Christ loved the church, regardless of the love that we get back, understanding that Christ loved uh, loves us with our imperfect showing of love back to him. So as fathers, we're commended to take that leadership role and to love sacrificially, not only when we get love back perfectly, but because we have been loved perfectly by Christ. So then it moves from there and it, then it moves into the church. And we submit to Jesus's lordship and all things there. This is why our church believes in uh, church discipline. It, it's not out of it's not out of the need to tell on someone or to be in their business for no reason. It's because we value holiness and the lordship of our King in all things. And so I care if Bobby and his wife's relationship isn't good. I care 
if G and his kids are having issues or if Johnny's fallen into something, I talk to him because I want to see Jesus be Lord in all those areas. And it comes back to me as well. If I'm struggling, I want a family that loves me enough to tell me this is not the way. Follow Jesus in these things, understand his lordship and honor him in those things. And then it falls into every area of life, into politics. We, we aren't simply people who just throw away our mind or our Christianity when we vote. It matters. Like so many Christians turn into hellions when they talk about different parties rather than bringing to bear the scripture. It's okay that we demonize the other side and be completely unbiblical because they don't agree with us. We, we clean up a party and make them Christian. What we should be about is the truth of God's word. And we should be calling our politicians to the lordship of Jesus Christ, yeah. calling them to repent and turn from their wicked ways, praying for our president, no matter who he is, if we voted for him or not, praying for his, his uh, eyes to be open to the glory of Jesus Christ and his lordship in all things, letting him know that he will answer. And then it goes out into the world. We don't submit to the worldly authorities. We don't get, people do not tell us, well, you know, I don't believe what, what the Bible says. I don't believe Jesus is Lord. Well, we don't go and then kick a can walking home. We, we proclaim the Lordship of Jesus because you can make no sense of anything in this world if Jesus isn't Lord. That's the thing. You're Amen. reduced to absurdity if scripture isn't God's word. Amen. That's it. There's no way around it. So no matter what area we're in, no matter where we're standing, Jesus Christ is Lord, and we can trust that, and we can proclaim it. Yeah, that's good. Yeah. Gentlemen, as we're wrapping up our time here today, any last thoughts that you'd like to throw in here um, talking about the Lordship of Christ? I would say um, the Lordship of Christ, uh, understanding that um, leads one to uh, not only repentance and submission, but uh, to know that it's all about him and not about us. It's not about me and my selfish, uh, greedy ways. It's about the Lord and that he is Lord. He is my king. His glory. His glory. Amen. I would say the lordship of Jesus Christ is not detrimental to life. It's necessary for life. Do you have anything you'd like to add? I mean, that's that's great. Uh, the fulfillment and the satisfaction from releasing over to his lordship outweighs anything that we could do for ourselves. Yeah. And, and I think that's important to remember as we go forward, um, trying to release those places into the lordship of Christ. Um, that's all the time we have today. Uh, Gary, will you close us in prayer? Sure. Heavenly Father, just thank you so much for this day, Lord. Thank you so much for just being able to um, have this platform where we can uh, share the gospel, Lord, to uh, proclaim you to others, Lord, what you have done for us on the cross, Lord. And Lord, I thank you for um, uh, these men. I thank you for this church, Lord. I thank you for... The love you've given us to share with one another lord and what a privilege it is to be able to uh, just be part of it and lord i i pray um, as we uh, go 
throughout our week and throughout uh, uh, this next uh, year, Lord, that we just uh, understand that God is God. He is Lord of all. He is our King and deserving of all of our worship, all of our time, and all areas and all aspects of our lives, Lord. And Lord, I pray, uh, as your word says, Lord, uh, you create in us a clean heart, O oh God, and renew a right spirit within us, because uh, we are unable to do so, Lord. Only through you and your power of your Holy Spirit can we overcome, Lord. Oh, Lord, uh, I pray that you be with the the families of our church, Lord, just, uh, the men in our church, Lord, I pray that they uh, step up and be men, stand firm in the faith, lead their families, Lord, spiritually in all in all areas, for your glory, Lord, and not for our own. In your name we pray. Thank you for joining us today on the EC Podcast. If you do not have a church family, you can join us on Sundays at 10.30 a.m. and Wednesdays at 6.30 p.m. If you're outside the area, we encourage you to find a Bible-believing church for fellowship and worship. Until next time, God bless.